Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning, dear listeners. You're listening to Radio 3CR on 855 AM and Palestine Remembered with Robert Martin, Nasser Mashni and Yusuf Ahmed Rimawi. Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Good morning, Nasser. Morning, Yusuf. How are you doing? We have to apologise to our listeners that we're on at 9 o'clock and not 9.30. So yes. Um, obviously, with Invasion Day and uh, 3CR wanting to take a live feed in from Canberra, um, we've moved our time slot. So the very best Happily of luck. Happily also uh, giving our time slot to uh, the elderly of the Aboriginal voices. Absolutely. And we fully endorse their plight for uh, equality and justice. Absolutely. And the similarities between the Palestinian and the Aboriginal cause um, this is uh, a very rich topic we have spoken about in uh, past episodes, and we will definitely revisit in future episodes. Uh, but um, for today, we have um, we'll start with a very tragic uh, news, uh, Nasser. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, oh, well, uh, you, you couldn't be living in Melbourne or Australia and not know about the tragedy that happened uh, last week with uh, our dear sister Aya from uh, Palestine from. Um, yeah, and what happened to her, and we extend our condolences to her family. You know, she's been repatriated now to to her family's village and buried. Um, and whilst we don't want to politicise the event at all, no, the reality is the media was very, very poor in its reporting of Aya. Um, it denied her and stripped her of her essence of the fact that she was Palestinian. She was reported as an Israeli student. Uh, an Israeli Arab. Never once was she uh, noted as a Palestinian. Mm. Um, it was only yesterday uh, on, excuse me, Wednesday or Thursday, the Age actually reported at the burial that she was a, a Palestinian from Israel. So, And also um, I noticed that uh, myself and uh, many of my friends uh, on social media uh, have uh, picked on this issue straight away because uh, while we do not, like you said, Nasser, want to uh, uh, politicize uh, the issue because uh, Aya was targeted because she was a woman. Absolutely. And any other woman uh, in her circumstances on, on that particular night Correct. would have been attacked, Yani. Uh, having said that, um, some said that to say that she is uh, an Israeli passport holder of Palestinian origin is not a necessarily a political statement, but an identity, mm-hmm. identity statement. And, and where, where identity is so very important, mm. so very important. I mean, we have to realize that Aya's ancestors, mm. millennia, were born in Palestine. 
for her to fulfill her dreams, to fulfill her desires for a full life and experience, etc., she had to leave that country. She cannot enjoy mm. the, um, the, equal economic, opportunities. the economic, educational, employment opportunities because she celebrates God on Friday. That's the some, wrong day. As somebody who celebrates God on a Saturday. And so she had to leave that, the birthplace of her thousands of ancestors. Mm. Let me put here, um, if you allow me to be the voice of the, or, or the devil advocate, because I receive emails from um, uh, listeners who disagree with this uh, mm-hmm. and say that Palestinian Israelis go, do go to universities and uh, also work in universities. Uh, now, I want to hear from you, Nasser, but before that, I want to say that, yes, they might be allowed to uh, study in uh, Israeli universities, but in terms of the number of opportunities available after graduation is absolutely disproportionate to the percentage of Palestinians in Israel. So if their percentage is 20-something percent, the opportunities is nothing more than 5%. Absolutely. In its best cases. In its best cases. In the first instance, the... um, uh, conscription is mandatory for all Jewish people. So it's uh, year 12, the boys do three years, the girls do two years. Now, when you're filling in your CV, you're sending out your um, uh, resume, for, resume employment. for employment, there's a gap if you're an Arab. Even if you have a Jewish-sounding name mm. and your surname isn't Abdel Fattah or something. <laughs> or you, Yusuf Ahmed al-Rimawi. Uh, Ahmed al-Rimawi. Um, or Robert Ahmed uh, Martin. uh, Martinez. Yeah. yeah, you um, you'll have a gap in your in your um, yeah uh, in your resume, and this immediately is an identifier to the employer that you're mm. not a Jew. Mm. You don't celebrate God on Saturday. Now, the the talk of Arabs and the equality and the uh, democracy that is the, uh, Israel, they when they talk about Arabs, they're not talking about the overwhelming majority of Arabs, the Pal- the Muslims and the Christians, what they're talking about is the Druze. And who, some of the Bedouins. And some Bedouins. Mm. And the Druze, you know, they've been in protesting since last year when the um, Israel finally enshrined apartheid into their whatever constitution they call that they have by enacting the nation-state law. Mm. The Druze said, well, hold on a second. We fought with you in 47, 48, 56, 67, 73 and Every nevertheless, guy. and you send us undercover because we speak Arabic and we look like Arabs and everything. And now you've actually uh, finally said that we're not we're not here. And they send them as espionage to Egypt, and we know the case of Azam Azam, yeah, yeah. the Israeli spy in Egypt who was imprisoned for years and released for. Uh, that's another story. But okay. he was a Druze, of course, because he is an Arab. So back to Aya, may God's mercy be upon her soul. The reality of a Palestinian death in diaspora. In, in the tragic case that was Ayaz, is that her identity was denied. And as Palestinians, we the only thing we have is the belief and understanding of who we are and that identity that the world has continued to conspire to deny us. Mm. And we won't be Israelis. We will not be Israeli Arabs. We are Palestinian. Absolutely. And also I want to give credit to the... Um, uh, the vast major- majority of Australians who took oh, the streets, they absolutely. went for the vigil night on Friday, uh, and not Saturday. yesterday, the, the Friday before and Saturday. There were hundreds, uh, maybe nearly 1,000 uh, ordinary Australians who just um, took the pain, the pain of losing another innocent life 
for another predator and shared their sorrow with um, the father who was there and the other... uh, Well, we know know how thankful he was for the um, outpouring of support that uh, he received five years uh, passing. Uh, You know, we can't thank Melbourne and Australia enough. And in fact, the only good thing I'll ever say about Scott Morrison, I believe, was um, I read a copy of the letter that he sent to the the ambassador, the Australian Mm. ambassador into Israel that was read Mm. uh, at uh, Aya's funeral. And it was a, a beautiful letter. At that point, that he acknowledged he was Palestinian, sincere, but it was a, it was a was sincere, sincere. Uh, offer of condolence. Mm. And interestingly, Yusuf, as we know, whilst the um, the entire joint list, the mm. Palestinian representatives within the Knesset, were there, were, were there mm. at the funeral, um, and Scott Morrison sent the Australian ambassador, the ambassador with, to with Israel. a letter. There was not one member the, of, of the state of the state. And this tells you that uh, Israel, even in time of uh, uh, this is a human tragedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, does not see the victims of rape and the victim of murder as equal. Even and in even in her death, she even in her death, she was not equal. And um, so, uh, maybe we will end this uh, Nasser yeah. uh, by uh, uh, repeating our prayers and sincere uh, condolences to Aya's uh, family, Aya Masarwe and uh, to the people of Baq al-Gharbiya and to the people of Australia who shared the sorrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, before I leave this, um, speaking of her Arabic uh, and Palestinian identity, Aya has a meaning in Arabic. Mm-hmm. Her name is the Arabic word for Quranic verse or divine sign. So even her name has meanings in her own language. Yeah. Anyway, we will come back to uh, maybe... Um, more on the Palestinians of uh, Israel in future episodes and um, uh, maybe by interviews uh, or uh, elsewhere. But uh, we do have another... Uh, we should just finish, before we close that topic totally, Yusuf, we should just say that the fact that she was Palestinian is, is personal to us, but male violence against women is, to be a, is a scourge. The reality is um, we have... More than one woman is killed a week in Australia in domestic violence. Women are overwhelmingly disproportionately represented in murders by partners for crazy reasons, and that is unacceptable. Violence against uh, anyone is unacceptable, but particularly family violence, over and above which, um, and that's something that it's an epidemic. I mean, it's something that, you know, we really, as a, a, a culture, as a society, it's, it's sick. Mm. So something like 70 women last year were killed. That's 72 many. Absolutely. So uh, we hope that uh, Aya's uh, memory and Aya's legacy and Aya's uh, soul will be the light in this darkness and will change uh, this into something much better. Inshallah. Um, moving along, Yusuf, we know that the um, Benjamin Netanyahu has called for elections in uh, April, April. 9th, 9th of April. Um, and... One of the uh, well, a couple of things we've got to talk about, but a couple of um, uh, a new party, Benny Gantz, the former Israeli army chief, is you know bragging about uh, how effective he was as a general in Gaza. The Israeli Resilience Party. We'll get to that. But first, and most disturbingly for Palestinians, is a, a member of the ruling Likud party. This is Benjamin Netanyahu's party. Benjamin Netanyahu that Malcolm Turnbull met with and said, "We're like you." Benjamin Netanyahu that Malcolm Turnbull went to Beersheba and commemorated the hundredth. And Bill Shorten. And Bill Shorten 
commemorated the 100th anniversary of the charge of the Light Horse Brigade. The Likud Party, Minister Yaron Mazuz, this guy uh, has employed Elor Azaria. Now, that name might be um, familiar to our listeners, but just before I remind everybody who Elor Azaria is, Mazuz said that uh, Azaria is intelligent and diligent and has been recorded with him for uh, his... Uh, Electoral uh, campaign. A video, yeah, that he's posted on Facebook. Now, Azaria was the soldier who, um, in Hebron, in March of 2016, took four steps um, and walked up to Abdel Fattah al-Sharif, who had already been shot, was immobile and, in Israeli terms, neutralized. And posed zero threat. Zero threat. He was lying on the ground, motionless. Now, uh, Azaria cocked his M16 rifle, took four and a half steps, a fifth step, and put his gun to um, uh, Abdel Fattah's head and blew his brains out. Mm. And the video is on YouTube. It's absolutely shocking. So we're talking about the murder or at least extrajudicial execution. Well, and, and all of that. It's mm. absolutely, uh, I think it's cold blooded murder. Mm. Now, of course, in the democracy of the Middle East, the only democracy in the, the Middle only. East, we would expect the immediate full weight of the Israeli uh, court system to immediately um, hold this uh, this human to account. We barely, I don't want to call him a human because he equates him to you and I and to Abdel uh, Fattah who were, were, he the victim. He, the full weight of the Israeli military uh, of the Israeli courts was put down onto uh, uh, Azaria. He received a 18-month term. He got 12 months of probation, and he was released after serving only nine months. Mm. During which he probably had visited his family several times. Oh, weekend releases, etc. Yeah. Um, and we must remember that Ahad Tamimi, as a 16-year-old girl, served eight months mm. for slapping a soldier. In her property. On her own land, in her own home. Yeah. An occupation soldier, no yeah. less. Uh, equipped with guns and military uniforms. Flak jackets, mm. helmets, you know, the, the full kit and caboodle. Mm. I had the lioness received eight months. This guy did nine months for putting a gun to a guy who was probably not going to make it anyway. <coughs> and we don't condone the in, uh, violence, but uh, 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 Abdel Fattah had been involved in an operation against an occupation soldier and already been in quote marks, neutralized. Neutralized. He posed zero threat. This person was mentioned to me in another interview in Arabic language by the mother of Shadi Farhat. Shadi was 12 uh, in Jerusalem because uh, a settler overheard, overheard him trying to do a plot against another settler. So just for, for not doing anything, for plotting... Or allegedly. Allegedly uh, to do harm to one of the illegal settlers of Jerusalem. And he was taken at the age of 12 and was sentenced to three years in jail, which he served fully. He left when he was 15 and something year old now. Mm -hmm. So he was mentioned, uh, this man, uh, this soldier, uh, to me by Shadi's mother. She said that when I was at the courtroom, uh, in his court there was uh, the man who killed Abdel Fattah. And you could see from the security to the judge to the people to the lawyers the double standards in the way they deal with a child who didn't do anything because he was an Arab mm -hmm. versus a murderer 
who did kill someone, video neutralized video evidence, but nevertheless he received the very lenient sentence. And a further um, uh, sign of just how fascist the Israeli Knesset is becoming. Um, a former general, Benny Gantz, this guy visited Australia a few years ago. He was the former Israeli army chief. He's running video campaigns as to why he should be elected, why he he wants to replace Benjamin Netanyahu as a prime minister of Israel. His party is called the Israel Resilience Party, and one one of in one of his videos, he he you know so excited by saying, "Vote for me because I've turned parts of Gaza have been returned to the Stone Ages." Mm. So that's the criteria. Yeah, this is his this is campaign the selection video. criteria. You, you know, know? No. because more, more jobs, public yeah. transport, going to build a tunnel. Gantz's Re- uh, Resilience Party says. We've returned Gaza to the Stone Ages. 6,231 targets destroyed. 1,364 mm. terrorists mm. Uh, have been killed. Three and a half years of quiet. These are the, these are the you know, slogans. Do you know what, what's sad? Not just the slogan, that these slogans do sell very well in elections. Absolutely. And, and it ends with, his campaign uh, uh, ends with, <coughs> only the strong win. And his actual uh, campaign slogan uh, like um, America, you make America great again, you know, the Trump. Um, his, his one is Israel before everything. Mm. And when we, when we talk about, you know, those numbers, you know, he talked about 1,364 terrorists being killed. The UN Human Rights Council in, issued an independent report, said there was 2,251 Palestinians killed, 1,462 of them were civilians, 551 of them were children. More than 11,000 Palestinians were injured, 3,540 of them were women, 3,436 children, with over 10% of them suffering permanent disabilities. Mm. I mean, this is this guy should be going straight to The Hague as a, a war criminal. And to say the least. He's actually saying, vote for me because. Not, mm. I'm going to build better roads. Not, I've got a, a, a plan more for the economy. Not more schools, better hospitals. But because I killed more Palestinians. Look how much blood I've got on my hands. And that wins votes in Israel. Now, Nasser, d- d- during this circus of uh, they compete who did more damage to the Palestinians and who killed more babies, during this, now it makes us think that, you know, what's the point of us following the details of the Israeli elections if even the moderate between brackets uh, are as ruthless? Uh, I'm, and I'm putting forward a question sent to me by maybe listeners, Palestinian listeners. Mm-hmm. So how do you think, um, or how would you respond to uh, this question, Nasser? Well, Yusuf, as Palestinians, as victims of Zionism, we know, we know just how bad Israel has been, is, what it is. Historically. Historically. We have been at the, at the brunt end of it. Hmm. Now, the, the reality is the world is starting to see it. It's becoming less and less easy to be Israel's friend. Hmm. I mean, you're still going to get, uh, you know, the the um, Corey Bernardi types and the, you know the really f- uh, far right wing types, whether they be in Australia, uh, you know, and the rest of the West. Hmm. But increasingly, increasingly, and we saw this with the Labor Party resolution last year, um, recognizing Palestine the next time they're elected, it's becoming harder and harder to be Israel's friend to the point where we now have in the United States Congress two senators. Who openly support uh, pro-Palestinian, pro-Palestinian, but openly support the boycott, divestment, and sanctions campaign, mm. the BDS. 
we have now uh, an article that was uh, published in the New York Times, and this is arguably one of the best pieces I've read on a um, New York Times in the New York Times who's come out. Mm. Yeah, and I say come out because, um, and she talks about it. Her name is Michelle Alexander. She's a professor. She talks about um, how hard it is to support Palestine mm. for fear of you know the smear of anti-Semitism, for fear of your career, for f- fear of lack of funding, for fear of um, all of those things. But the reality of hu- her humanity demands that she cannot have two two things to um, a duplicitous uh, decision. She has to either be in support of all peoples, regardless of, or she cannot. She mm. cannot continue to be silent on Palestine. And the article was called Time to Break the Silence on Palestine. Mm. And um, it is a phenomenal piece. We should put it on our uh, podcast yeah. as well. We'll put a link to it. We'll put a link to it. Now, she, when you talk about that, you talk about two senators in um, the United States Congress. We talk about um, Benjamin Netanyahu now. Um, he's making friends with, you know, open fascists, you know, the yeah. new pre- president like, of, of um, Brazil. Brazil. With um, uh, Corban in Hungary, these these are people who are uh, fascists and proud. Yeah, and increasingly, that's where Israel's having to go to get legitimacy Mm. because it's becoming harder. I mean, he's still going to have Tony Abbott here. He's going to have that 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 sort of person still going to be, but increasingly, these sorts of fascists. Mm. When Benny Gantz runs his electoral campaign and says. You know, 6,231 targets destroyed, 1,364 terrorists killed, three and a half years of quiet, only the strong win, Israel before everything. Hmm. I mean, this is, you know. You know, the irony, Israel before everything, is not the slogan for the Israeli election, but it is the reality in the United States. Because <laughs> Israel before even everything in the America. Well, we saw that in... You in, can't be loyal to Israel and get away with uh, your job as a well, senator or very, lawmaker, correct. even if you are not good to your own constituency. Well, the very first piece of legislation that was coming into the new house, it's been knocked on the head twice now, the very first piece of legislation that was going to be voted on... To incriminate. ...is to incriminate um, uh, the BDS movement and Mm. to make it illegal to um, boycott, divest... To boycott a foreign country. Boycott a foreign country. I mean, this is against, (laughs) you know, the founding uh, principles of the United States Constitution of free speech. Yeah, And, I mean, you know, they've shut down the government now for... It must be 35 days now. Mm. It hasn't stopped with the government shutdown, Donald Trump uh, engineering a coup in Venezuela. This is, you know, he's had to, he served hamburgers to staff. <laughs> the candlelight dinner. <laughs> you know, with so hamburgers. Pre- so presidential. I mean, this, this is crazy. You know, we're, we're, in a, we're in a twilight zone. Now, also uh, supporting Israel, yes, they mi- Israel might be able to make breakthroughs uh, within countries like uh, Brazil and, you know, wherever fascists are, and even some of the Arab countries, mm-hmm. but it comes with a price. And uh, even the, the agricultural minister of Brazil warned her own president that there will be a price. And the good thing is that five of the major meat suppliers to the Saudi Arabia and the Gulf countries um, are banned now from entering the market. In, from Brazil, f- from Brazil mm-hmm. in protest of the bra- of the openness of the Brazil uh, Brazilian mm-hmm. uh, uh, moving the embassy uh, embassy to uh, Jerusalem, yeah. so there will be a price even from Saudi Arabia. So five of them, you mm-hmm. know, I said it in Arabic. I wasn't expecting something, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I said that the biggest chicken outlet in uh, uh, in Saudi Arabia is called Al Bake Restaurant. 
and uh, they purely import from Brazil. And they said, you know, the best thing we can do, I said to my friends in Saudi Arabia, if you really want to support B- B- BDS, stop going to Albeq until mm-hmm. Albeq finds another supplier. Yeah. But then it came from a, a much faster than I expected, and no more chicken is coming from Brazil now to Saudi Arabia. Fantastic. So it comes with a price, comes with a price, and hopefully they will realize that you either be at the right side of or, or the right moral side of history or support Israel. Well, this is true. Simple. And it's simple. And increasingly, Yusuf, we're seeing uh, 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 um, more and more Jewish people move away from Zionism. Mm. The Jewish Voice for Peace um, in the United States, which is a very progressive uh, Jewish uh, movement, They've released their manifesto on why they are anti-Zionist. And also here we have uh, the Jews Against Occupation and AJDS is doing great work. And in fact, I uh, remember um, watching a lecture in 2013 by one of the Hasbara masterminds uh, who visited Norway to train some of the Norwegian uh, future pro-Israeli advocates. And he said one of the top 10 strategic threats that Israel is facing in the next 10 years or more, one of them is the shift within the American Jewry. Yeah. yeah. So it's what? no longer conditional No, no. It, where, where that they, you are a Jew and therefore you are a supporter of Israel. And this, this is, this is the, the conflation of the two, the, the, the concept that Israel is Judaism, that Israel is all Jews, is, is the, the trick. The monopolistic representation of the religion and the religion holders of the of, around the world yeah um, and this this conflation then creates the opportunity to link all of the awful persecution that the jews have suffered whether mm. it be the spanish inquisition the crusades the pogroms East Europe, in, the pogroms the Holo- uh, culminating in the holocaust when when that conflation happens it then becomes very easy for zionists to target anybody as anti-semitic mm. and the reality is that if you went back before Theodore Herzl, that there were Jews in Palestine. Absolutely. Indigenous Jews. Indigenous Jews. Palestinians like us. Yeah. And uh, also, were and, and more, more in Iraq and more in Morocco, Morocco more in Tunis, Tunis yeah. and in, even in Bahrain. Yeah. So, you know, the, 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 the concept that uh, uh, anti-Semitism is uh, uh, an Arab disease is wrong. Anti-Semitism is a Western disease. Mm. It's a European disease. They've exported it. Indeed. It's not something that we invented. So there will be a price for any country that is openly supportive of Israel at the expense of human rights, especially uh, with the continuation of violations in the uh, 12 years of siege in Gaza and and maybe 52 years now. Of, uh, of occupation mm-hmm. and the looting of uh, more humor, uh, more uh, resources. Yeah. The last uh, was a property for Yasser Arafat in Jerusalem. Only yesterday, Israel confiscated a property that literally belongs to the family of Yasser Arafat in, in Jerusalem. They just decided to confiscate. Well, they can do that. I mean, you know, we, we saw a um, uh, an eviction that went through. The Israeli Supreme Court upheld an eviction of some Palestinians. These Palestinians were original refugees from Haifa. Mm. They ended up in East Jerusalem in a house that was um, uh, formerly owned by a, a Jewish person. But in, in, in 48, they left into um, what became Israel inside the Green Line. 
um, the court threw the Palestinians out and gave the home back to the descendants of the Jews. But the Palestinian that got thrown out of that house in East Jerusalem isn't able to make a claim for their home inside. Yes. Inside. Now, when people say there is no such thing as apartheid, we say, well, apartheid is when there are two systems of control for two people. On the same land. On the same land, and it's predicated on some sort of difference. Yeah. Now, it's very easy for us to think about the South in, in, uh, in the United States, Jim Crow time, that, you know, whites-only cafes, mm. you know, um, whites-only toilets, bathrooms, mm. the same in South Africa. Mm. The reality and the delineation is exactly the same, but it isn't so visible mm. when it's, when do you celebrate God? This now, person, yeah, go on. This, the, the fact that these residents of East Jerusalem, refugees from Haifa, lost their home legalistically, in the Israeli Supreme Court, upheld the eviction notice because they could they had um, title deeds for the home from the 30s. These people have title deeds for their home mm. from the 30s in Haifa mm. that's currently occupied by an Israeli family, mm. a Jewish family. Mm. The law isn't available to them because they're not Jews. I want to hear what they think of here in Australia if we have white-only buses yeah. and white-only roads. Uh, if if that if if this is not apartheid, then we don't have oh, apartheid. We know, we know it's apartheid. I think this is uh, all we have time for, uh, Nasser. This Fantastic. is our uh, second uh, edition uh, this uh, year, and um, we look forward uh, to the full team uh, hopefully next week. Uh, yeah, Robert's coming back. We're looking forward to Robert joining us, and to all of our indigenous uh, brothers and sisters and elders. We we remember this day with you. We do not celebrate Australia Day, but uh, we remember it as Invasion Day. And one day, uh, we hope that you will enjoy the freedoms uh, and, and dignity and liberty that you deserve. With this, we've come to the end of uh, Palestine. Remember, thank you for being with us. And uh, remember to tune in. 9.30, we'll be back to our time slot next week. 9.30, next Saturday. Until then, this is Nasser and Yusuf. Wishing you the best of time and salam. <laughs>